0: Last week, I finished off our sexuality introduction, and I just want to thank you for the response that we've had. We've had a lot of people thanking us uh, and the the underlying thing which I find amazing is is most people have said, "Thank you so much for just talking about us and I think for me that's that's incredible that uh, yeah, I don't know I mean, I would hope that more churches would want to talk about a subject like that to really help their people. And all of us together can help each other as we journey forward. But we're going to continue to create forums where we can talk with each other. We had a great time on Thursday night with some of the uh, people that have unfortunately experienced divorce or or death in their lives. And we had a great opportunity, amazing, to hear people's stories and just hear what they uh, have been through so we can encourage each other. And then yesterday we had... um, a time with some of the dads, and we, we are trying to help dads speak to their kids. And, and uh, all of us had different experiences. Perhaps you had a father who didn't really want to talk about it at all. Anyone here have a father like this? You just, you just didn't go there? Well, my dad was a little bit more open, and I've tried to be more open with my boys. And so we did chat quite honestly, I thought. But you know what my son said to me? Dad, you didn't say enough. So I thought I said a lot. They said, Dad, you didn't say enough. So I think we can never talk more than we think we should. And so we're going to continue to do that in the second half of the year and uh, introduce some other things um, as well uh, in a second part of the sexuality series. But today I am going to preach shorter because I have been aware that I've preached quite long over the last couple of weeks. And we're going to get back to our series on 1 Peter. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to look at a couple of verses out of 1 Peter chapter 4. And quite interestingly, and this again, is not planned, but as we've been thinking about sexuality in the last couple of weeks, what the, the topic of my message this morning is breaking with sin. And Peter's encouragement to us that we can break with sin, that sin doesn't have to have power over us, and that we can learn to live by the Spirit. We can learn to live free from the power of sin and things that have held us back in the past. Isn't that an encouragement? And so I hope you really will be encouraged this morning. So remember the big theme of 1 Peter that we're looking at is how to live well when times are difficult, when things are tough. So let's just refresh our memories. The last uh, two, three years, we've had COVID. And when, as soon as COVID was finished, um, the Mr. Putin decided to kind of change things in the world. He invaded Ukraine. And now that he's invaded Ukraine, uh, we've seen a whole lot of uh, Results of that including a rising cost of living and uh, inflation running at almost 10%. Things are tough, man. They're not easy. Not easy for any one of us. So how do we learn to live well when things are not easy? And so the last time, just to refresh your memories, I introduced the theme of unjust suffering. Peter says this is the reality for every single person, every single believer. Whether you know Jesus, whether you don't know Jesus, there are going to be times in your life where you face unjust suffering, where things happen to you that are not fair, that are not right, that you had nothing to do with, and you stumble into them over the course of your life. In Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, Paul writes and he says, blessed are you when you stumble into, when you fall into, the word is peripipto, which means you weren't looking for it. Anyone was looking for a recession? Anyone? Anyone looking for COVID? Anyone looking for a war? No, Peter, 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 uh, Paul writes and says, when you fall into, when you stumble into trials of many kinds, you are blessed. And God can do amazing things in difficult times. And, and that is really what we're exploring in this letter. And Peter reminding us in chapter 1, 2, and 3 that there are un- periods in our lives where unjust suffering comes upon us. And we have to learn to cope with that. Well, as disciples of Jesus. And the prime example that he gives of someone who endured unjust suffering was Jesus. And in chapter 4, we're going to read uh, verse 1. It says this Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in his body has finished with sin. As A result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. It's a beautiful, beautiful, rich passage. And so I'm going to just have a three-point sermon this morning, all right? Last week, eight points. Johnny, three points today, all right? Here we go. Three little things I want to draw out of this portion. First of all, do you notice it says, Jesus adopted an attitude towards sin when he died on the cross? Jesus adopted an attitude. He had a mentality. He had a determination in his life when he faced sin and died on the cross. And it's important. I just want to link this back with chapter 3. Remember at the end of chapter 3. Um, peter uses the illustration of noah in the ark remember that difficult portion we looked at and the the end of chapter 3 peter uses the illustration of noah and he says just as noah and his family were saved through the water and remember i said two things the 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 image is that the water carried them into a new um, destination a new land The old was destroyed and they went into the new. And also through the water, they were lifted above the judgment that was happening to everybody else. And it's a picture of what Jesus does for us. Through the blood of Christ, we are lifted above the the judgment that is on on everyone who doesn't believe. And at the same time, the blood of Christ takes us out of an old kingdom into a new land, a new kingdom. The kingdom of darkness is gone and the new kingdom of light is gone is available to us. The blood of Christ does the same thing for us. And that's Peter's point. He's using it as an illustration of salvation. In the same way that Noah was saved, we through the blood of Christ are saved in the, that amazing way. And so here, the two portions at the end of chapter 3 is connected with chapter 4 with this little word, therefore. And it's linking the two. Wherever you see a therefore, someone told me when I was uh, studying, you must ask, what is it therefore? It normally connects something. It's connecting two thoughts. So it's connecting some idea that previously has been spoken about. And so exactly, Peter is doing the same thing here. And he uses the phrase that Jesus suffered in his body. And that obviously refers to um, Jesus' death on the cross, which he's been speaking about in chapter 3. So the question is then, why was Jesus prepared and willing to embrace suffering and the disgrace of of the cross, and it's the answer is then the text. It says that Jesus went to the cross with a certain attitude, a certain humility, uh, mentality in his life. And the first thing I'd like to say, part of that attitude, was that he was he was he was willing to humble himself. He was willing to humble himself. So so beautiful. Philippians chapter two. Remember, we looked at it months ago. It says this of Jesus, or it says this of us in your relationships with one another. Paul encouraging us in your relationships with one another, have the same attitude as Jesus. So when we want to get on well with people, we must remember we have to have the same attitude as Jesus by the power of the Spirit. What was that attitude? It says Jesus, who was in very nature God, he didn't consider equality with God to be grasped uh, or to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So if we want to get on well with each other, (laughs) We have to learn to serve and love each other and not expect things. You know, Jesus didn't expect, even though he was God, he didn't expect anything in that sense from God. He was willing to humble himself. And so part of learning to live with each other in the church is that we have to learn to be like Jesus means to be humble and to be willing to give ourselves away for others. That's the first thing. Part of his attitude was he was... Humble. Secondly, it says that Jesus, uh, I want to say, Jesus was looking forward to the joy of His reward. He was being motivated by a deep reward that He knew. He was living for the well done of His Father. He was living for that day when He would be um, um, receive His reward and sit at the right hand of His Father in glory and in power. And that's what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that He despised shame, And he despised the disgrace of the cross because he was looking forward to the joy that awaited him in eternity. And so that's what, uh, just let me read it. Uh, Let us run then, the Hebrew writer is encouraging us. Let us run then with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the first one, the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So for us, part of what we have to learn to do is learn for, to live with eternal joy in mind. Yes? Eternal joy in mind. We, we need to motivate ourselves. This is not as good as it gets. There's something more glorious coming in eternity that we are living for. That's what we live for. We live for the eternal reward of the Father saying, well done, my son. You persevered. You endured. You encouraged. You were humble. You served others. You loved people more than you loved your own selfish uh, desires. Well done, my son. Here's your reward. Well done, my daughter. Here's... That's what we've got to live for. And I don't know, sometimes when I speak to Christians, it's like they think, well, we, we can't do that. There's something unholy in in wanting something for ourselves. No, there's something glorious in wanting to share in the glory of the Father. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see. There's something wonderful that we are living for the joy of eternity with our Father, hearing his well done, my son, my daughter. Amen? That's part of Jesus' attitude. That's how, why he could go to the cross. Thirdly, Jesus knew that he was dealing a death blow to sin. I love Romans 8. Romans such a beautiful book. And uh, we've said this over and over again. Can I say it again? Again? Therefore, there's now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives us life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be an offering. And so He condemned sin. Man, there's only one thing that's been condemned Through the the death and resurrection of Jesus, it's not you. It is sin. Come on. That's worth getting excited about. That's what Paul is saying. You don't have to worry about condemnation. It's been dealt a death blow because of Jesus' death and resurrection. What has been condemned for all time is death and sin. And you don't have to worry about that anymore. Come on. man, that's good news. That is good news. So Jesus knew that. That's why he was going to the cross. With He, he, he wanted to avoid it if he, if he could, but he went with this attitude, this mindset, this determination, humble, persevering for the joy that set before him. And thirdly, he knew this was going to bring absolute freedom for every one of us, and it was worth it. He was dealing a death blow to sin, and he knew, fourthly, he was buying our freedom, That you and I would no longer have to suffer the result of sin, which ultimately is death. And he was buying us that freedom back by his death. Oh man, that is good news. And what does it say in Mark chapter 10? You know this well, verse 45. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's you, that's me, that's everyone who's ever believed by faith. We've been brought back. Our freedom has been secured through what Jesus did. That's why he was able to persevere. That's why he was able to joyfully go to the cross, humbly under the hand of his Father, because he knew he was buying us freedom. He knew he was dealing a death blow to sin forever that would no longer touch God's people. Amen. And that means Jesus utterly conquered death and destruction. He knew it would involve suffering for him, but he was willing to walk walk through that. And he knew that ultimately every authority would be under his foot. Every angel would bow to him. Every power in the heaven and under the earth would be under his dominion. And so that's why... Peter gives Jesus as the classic example of someone who suffered unjustly and through his unjust suffering, triumph was bought for all of God's people. That is the gospel. And ultimately, his death leads to our sin. Uh, His his death leads to our freedom from sin. So, to tie it back to chapter 3, when we get baptized, what we are celebrating is And declaring in our faith is that just as Noah's family went through water into a new world, so through our faith in Jesus, we are also going into a new kingdom, a new world. No longer part of the kingdom of darkness that is passing away, but part of an eternal, unshakable, eternal, glorious kingdom. Once and for all. You never go back. Don't let anyone tell you you go back. You might backslide. You never leave the kingdom. Never. Once you are in the kingdom of light, by the faith that you have in Jesus, you are always in the kingdom of light. And you never go back to the kingdom of darkness. Therefore, we must ask ourselves the question then. If, the, if Peter's established that, the second thing I want to say is this. What then do we do to arm ourselves with the same attitude? That's what, that's what Peter says. Arm yourself with the same attitude as Jesus as you approach sin. Well, I want to say two simple things. First of all, remind yourself, and by that I mean continually think about in your quiet place when you're alone. Think about this, that Jesus' suffering brought him into a realm of victory over sin and death. That's what he did. That's what he bought. He bought for us victory. And because you are in Christ, you are also in that realm of victory. What does that mean? It means that you can live free of sin. It means you can have victory over sin in your life because sin, the power of sin, has been broken through what Jesus has has bought for you and you are no longer a slave to sin. You are now living in that realm of victory because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's what the Bible says. You are at His right hand. You are in Him. And because He has had, victory over death and sin, you are in that victory in Christ. And so that's the first thing I want to say, remind yourself of that. Secondly, arming yourself with the, the, with the same attitude includes the idea of simply following Jesus and follows, following His example. And He was ultimately willing to suffer because He knew the victory that was coming. And so actually, the same can be true for you and the same can be true for me. If he has conquered sin in the first place, we too, as his people, can conquer sin as we follow Jesus. And there's this beautiful reminder in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. It says this, In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. There we have it, the victory. Death to one thing, alive to another. And therefore, it says, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. In other words, Jesus has broken the power of sin in your life. You are dead to that sin and you are alive in him. You are in this realm of victory together with him. So do all that you can by the power of your spirit as you by the power of the spirit as you live day by day, moment by moment to continue to break the power of sin in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do all that you can. Yeah? Someone said to me, I don't know who was this, was it you Clive, I can't remember, we were talking about sexual temptation, and uh, someone said, uh, you know, if you, if you are on diet, you don't go and stand outside a bakery, do you? You do? Yeah, George, George's bakery, but not other bakery, all right? What is the point? The point is if you're trying to, you're trying to um, keep yourself from one thing you don't put yourself in position where you're always tempted. Isn't that true? And so that's what I'm saying. saying the power of sin has been broken. You do all that you can in your life to live free from the power of sin. It means you live wisely. You live by the power of the Spirit. And so here this analogy that Peter's using in chapter 4 is Jesus has finished his work as the sin bearer. He, he is the one that bore sin for us. His work is, a sin, the sin bearer is over. He's now in the realm of victory at the right hand of his father. And he has, we too have ceased from sin in our lives because we are in him. So now do all that you can. Can I say? All that you can in your life to flee from sin and the power of sin in your life. Yes. Yes. And so that's part of what it means to arm yourself with the same attitude. We can face the future with this determination that we are going to conquer the last little bits of sin in our life because the power of sin has been broken. The death blow has been dealt by Jesus. But Peter is reminding us that every single one of us is in a fight and sin does not surrender easily. It's going to fight back. And as it fights back, you do all that you can. resist by the power of the Spirit. And this is the most powerful thing that Peter is saying. Anyone who realizes that, who is willing to suffer in order to defeat sin, is a powerful disciple. Yeah? If you're not willing to go through some tough things to conquer sin in your life, you, we're not in a strong place, but if we know that we can overcome sin, and we're willing to go through some difficult things to overcome sin, and, and, and receive victory in our lives, that is a powerful, powerful disciple of Jesus, because what that person is saying, I'm not letting that suffering get in the way of me finding God's treasure for my life, that's powerful, nothing can stand against that, the devil can't stand against that, and so Jesus had that attitude, and Peter is saying, I want to encourage you. As you face the pressure of sin in your life, you do it with with that same attitude. As we're talking to some of the, the young guys yesterday afternoon, we were talking about pornography, which is such a rampant thing in our culture. And I said to the guys, you know, it doesn't ever go away. You think because you get married, you don't have the temptation to just take a look. It never goes away. What has to be won is an internal battle inside of yourself where you've won on the inside and then you live it out on the outside then it's no longer a problem but you got to win on the inside dads i want to challenge you you got to win if you if you want to help your sons you got to win man you've got to win that battle on the inside by the power of the spirit you have to help how can you help your son if you are a slave yourself come on let's be honest right? I've been leading church long enough to know that pornography is a massive problem, inside the church, outside the church. And the problem is our culture says it's okay. You don't have to worry about it, and it's just like a normal thing. Well, actually, the Bible says, do all you can. I love what Peter says here. I love these words. You have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans do. What do pagans do? Pagans are motivated by sexual lust. Pagans are, love pornography. If you go to Pompeii, you can see how much the Romans loved all that stuff. You can go to the Roman baths and there are symbols. I love archaeology. You can see it for yourself. There are penises everywhere, which means that you, you, that's what you went there to do. Yes? And if you went in this entrance, you got this kind of sexual favor. If you went in that entrance, you got that kind of sexual favor. The Romans loved that stuff. They were pagans. My friends, you and I are no longer pagans we are in Christ Jesus we are new creations therefore we've spent enough time living as pagans live what do we do now we live by the power of the spirit we are able to say no to certain things and say yes to other things by the power of the spirit that's what Peter says And my encouragement to you is to throw off the past and I'm not just wanting to to um Just talk about sexuality. But every time you feel that that kind of rising desire just to be unforgiving, to be angry with someone again who's done you wrong, just determine to throw that off by the power of the Spirit. Say no. No, that's what the pagans do. Pagans hold unforgiveness. I'm not a pagan. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm seated at the right hand in victory with Jesus. I'm going to throw that off. I'm going to do all that I can to live as a forgiving person, as a kind, generous person. And every time I feel resentment rise, I'm going to put it to death by the power of the Spirit. Every time I feel unforgiveness rise, I'm going to put it to death by the power of the Spirit. I'm going to have the same attitude as Jesus had. You see, this is the beauty of the Christian faith. We are simultaneously absolutely free in Christ. And at the same time, we absolutely want to please God. Isn't that true? That's what it says. That's what uh, Peter says in chapter 4. We've just read it. Uh, Are you happy you came, guys? I hope so. (laughs) Therefore, since Christ suffered in the body, arm yourself also with the same attitude. Verse 3, because those that are in Christ do not live as the rest of their earthly lives for human desires, but rather for the will of God. And then, because you are living for the will of God, you have spent enough time doing that stuff. Throw it off by the power of this verse. Live free. Break free. You can Break free, I want to break free, he said, but you can, by the power of this word. And that's Peter's great encouragement. I want to encourage you this morning, say no, no more, I've had enough of that, I've had enough of that life of sin, from now on, I'm going to live for God, and no matter what happens, even if it causes me some suffering in the short term, I'm going to walk through that suffering because of the great joy that lies on the other side. I'm living for the well done. I'm living for my father saying, my son, you've done it. Well done. Here's your reward. Man, what a day that's going to be. Amen. You're in Christ. You've been forgiven all those things. And the power of sin has been broken over you. So live with the same attitude that Jesus had. And be determined to do all that you can to put sin to death in your life. Leave the past behind. Set your eyes on Jesus and as you do that, His Spirit will lead you and show you how to live and you will live with that same attitude of Jesus by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank You for the simplicity of Your Word and the goodness of Your Word. But thank You, Lord, for Jesus. Thank You for His obedience. Thank You for what he bought for us. Thank you for the power of sin has been broken over us and Holy Spirit we thank you that Jesus didn't leave us as orphans but he, sent, um, he said I'm sending you the great counselor the Holy Spirit who will walk with you or walk alongside you, the paracletos who will help you to live your life by his power and Jesus we want to say this day Father we want to say, Holy Spirit we want to say we need your power we need you to help us. Lord it's times are tough things are difficult for every one of us but lord you've said that we are those that can live more than conquerors because of what you've done for us and so i, I pray for my friends here this morning that we would live free of unforgiveness we would live free of resentment we would r- live free of guilt we'd live free of anger we would live free of thinking badly of others all by the power of your spirit when those things rise in us lord we want to put them to death And say, no, we are free. We are seated with Jesus at his right hand. Lord, when we face sexual temptation or or, or all those things that we did in our past that didn't please you, God, we want to throw them off and say, we are free. No more. In Jesus, we want to live by his power, by the power of his grace, enabling us to say no to everything that is ungodly and say yes to peace, righteousness, kindness, gentleness, Self-control by the power of your spirits. Jesus, help us. We need you. Everyone says, Amen.